Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you are in the world. And the world is turning, and it's stopped here in Brighton for just a moment so I can tell you about this lovely and exciting new book. I'm Damien Barr, welcoming you to another Salon exclusive where you get to be the first to hear about the upcoming books that we are most excited about. This next one is going to be on all the books of the year lists. Loads of people I know have read it and loved it, so I'm excited to share it with you. It is called In Every Mirror She's Black, and it's by Lola Akinmadi Ackerstrom. The book explores the varied experiences of three very different women navigating a white-dominated society. The characters' paths converge in Stockholm around their mutual connection, the white Swedish marketing mogul Johnny Van Lunden. The book has been recommended by Taylor Jenkins Reid, one of my favourite writers. She recommends the novel, saying it's a book that will stick with you long after you've turned the last page. And those are our favourite kinds of books. Here's Lola reading an extract from her novel, In Every Mirror, She's Black. Hi, my name is Lola Akimade Orchestra, and I am thrilled to be reading exclusively for listeners of Damien Barr's Literary Salon. This reading is about three different strong black women who find themselves in Stockholm, Sweden for different reasons. The book follows Kemi, a marketing executive who moves to Sweden for work, Brittany Ray, who meets uh, Yoni von London on a flight and moves to Sweden for love, and then Muna, a refugee who moves to Sweden to find a better life. So I'm really excited to be reading uh, an excerpt from the book, and it's going to start with chapter one, and it's going to introduce you to Kemi. America had decimated Kemi's love life. It had shredded her dignity and tossed its slivers into the air, cackling like a hyena. Relegated to picking up questionable prospects, Kemi was tired of wearing her invincible armor, a two-ton defense system that screams to the world she didn't need a man. She couldn't carry that weight anymore. Lately, her dating life read like a dossier of shame. First, there was that one memorable dinner with Deepak. I think I've told you I'm a software developer, right? Deepak began to overdose on his own voice 20 minutes in. Kemi simply glared at him. She figured his name dropping his career the sixth time wasn't worth a verbal response. The rest of the evening, Deepak intermittently punctuated his monologues with his love for black booty. Then there was the silent date with Earl, a white accountant from Ohio, who summoned visions of a serial killer. Earl kept staring into nothingness past her face. Each time he tried glancing away, his hawk eyes floated down her cleavage, then darted back to the intriguing void beyond her. She wasn't sure if he was shy or scheming. And how could she forget the Jamaican real estate agent Divan, whose gaze kept trailing every white woman who sauntered past their table while professing unflinching love for the sisters. America had stretched Kemi's limits and run a resolve through an involuntary boot camp. According to every dating survey she had ever read, she a black African woman was the least desirable relationship prospect alongside Asian men. Those surveys said first choice was someone else. 
This verdict chipped away at Kemi, carving and presenting a weaker version of herself that received every suitor through a skeptical lens of paranoia. Yet like a glutton for punishment, she kept going back to the app that faithfully filled her with precision. Don't worry, my dear. Her mother's draw would float abruptly into a stream of consciousness whenever she found herself swiping faces left or right on her iPhone. Then it would taper off into a miniature sermon followed by a reprimand. God's time is the best. Go to church. Stop wasting your time. Don't let the devil tempt you unnecessarily. Shoba, are you listening? A mother's tenderness was always delivered with a healthy backhand of realism. Kemi would automatically nod at each passing statement, knowing full well her mother was on the phone and couldn't see her. Frankly, she was tired of nodding during family discussions in executive boardrooms and on boring dates. She was tired of being the atypical strong black woman impervious to her vulnerability. Pretending she didn't need a man's touch for years had lost its luster. She was lonely. Seriously, how do you do it, girl? Connor's Boston Irish accent cut through her concentration like a grating radio frequency. You are one remarkable woman. She didn't look up at him. Whenever Connor launched into full urban speak, Kemi averted her eyes to spare his dignity. She had been reviewing the latest brand layouts an advertising agency had sent over. With eyebrows furrowed and forehead resting on her fingers, she scanned the copy, cringing at language that showed a single point of view, had been responsible for the global campaign meant to cost across diverse views. She was still mad at Connor for insisting she review it once more, even though she'd been adamant it was a waste of time. It simply waved her out of his office, saying, if anyone could bake brownies out of shit, it was Kemi. What? Kemi asked, still reading the crap copy. I said, he dragged on, you are one remarkable woman, Kemi. Congratulations. He fully stepped into a corner office with its panoramic glass windows that mentally separated her from cubicle life. It physically didn't, but Kemi needed it too. She wanted him to leave her space. He pressed on. You won National Marketing Executive of the Year. Again, congratulations. A grin spread across his lightly freckled face. He folded muscular arms across his chest, shirt sleeves rolled up to the elbows. She responded with a deep breath and then, thanks, Connor, tapering off into a smile. Well, thank the awards committee. We can't go public yet with the news because it's embargoed until early May but we should celebrate early. I'll get Rita to fix a cake and some champagne, he added. Thanks, but really, I don't want to make a fuss about it. It's a huge honor, but he cut her off. Well, we're going to make a fuss about it, about you, so on Friday, Rita will get the cake and champagne, okay? She smiled again, deeply this time, revealing equally deep dimples. That was when she cut it, again, the naked look in his eyes. That split second linger that revealed that boss wanted her. She turned sharply away from him and back to the copy she was struggling to fix. Thanks again, Connor, she said, hurrying him along so he would leave. She felt his looming presence before Connor turned to go with pounding of fit. Kemi glanced up in time to catch that familiar gait she had been seeing almost every week for the last four years. The swagger that screamed to everyone it met that he ran the place even if he didn't actually own the company. 
She couldn't stay at Anderson and Associates any longer. Thoughts of resigning swam in her head daily. The swan dived in on Mondays whenever Connor rounded the team up for meetings. They did laps on Tuesdays whenever I circled her walking a tightrope between flirting and bossing. They surfaced for air on Wednesdays whenever I was out of the office on client runs. And they continued with butterfly strokes into the weekend when she tried to bury them. Though she had finally settled into her executive role and had turned a few key client portfolios from red ink into black, Connor McDonough's look reminded her that she was still a specimen to be sampled and tested, rather tasted. He was already married to his first choice, yet he wanted to try her like cheese on toothpicks handed out to passers-by at the farmer's market. He had no intention of making a purchase. He was one of those men who wanted to steal into the fridge at night to binge while everyone was asleep, only to return to their diets, their wives, come morning. So that was a short introduction to Kemi and an extract from In Every Mirror She's Black. I hope you've enjoyed listening and I can't wait for you to read this book. Thank you. So you can see why everybody's going to be talking about it. My thanks to Lola for that intimate reading of In Every Mirror She's Black, which is published by Head of Zeus and available now in all good bookshops. Grab a copy from your local indie and grab a few more books while you're at it. Or if you prefer to shop online, you can use our shop at bookshop.org. If you haven't already signed up for our newsletter, you can do that on our website and we will be sending you details of tickets, book competitions, giveaways and opportunities to get your own writing out there as well. So sign up on our website, www.theliteratesalon.co.uk. In the meantime, happy reading. <laughs>